Let me ask you a question this morning. Who here has gone on a long trip? Like, not a four-hour drive or an eight-hour drive. I'm talking about like a 10-day trip or a month-long trip. Anybody, anybody ever done that before? Let me ask you, how did you prepare? I'm getting ready to go on a trip here in a few months. Uh, and it's an exciting trip. It's, it's one of those bucket list trips that I thought I would never be able to do. I've got the opportunity because someone very special sponsored me to go to the Holy Land. I'm preparing for a long trip, a 10-day journey in the Holy Land. I'm so excited about it. My family is so bummed because they can't go. Uh, but I'm, I'm just really, really excited because I want you to pray because there's some things that have to go in the right direction. I have to test negative, first of all, before I can even get on the plane. So that's the first prayer request. Then I have to test negative when I get there so that I don't have to quarantine for half my trip. So that's another thing you can be praying about. But I watched this live travel conference to know what to pack. It's interesting. I took notes uh, about the things that I needed to plan for because but outside of a mission trip that lasted seven days, this will be the longest trip that I've been on. Okay, so 10 days away, just me and a group of people in the Holy Land. I'm really excited. About it. I don't know if you can tell or not, but, but it's just amazing. Sorry, Anna. I don't mean to be so excited. But they told us there's some essential things that we needed to take with us. And I wrote a list down of essential things that we needed to take. <clears throat> we needed to take a power charger for our phone for our flight. This will be the longest flight that I've ever done. All right? And you know my love of planes. So I've got to take a power charger. I've got, for the trip itself, I need to pack a rain jacket and I need to make sure that I have tons of storage on my phone that's free so I can take pictures. I need to make sure that I have uh, some international plan on my cell phone so if I want to make a call, I don't get charged crazy. I need to make sure I have all the medications that I need for at least two weeks or more. I need to have three copies of my passport. I need all this different stuff with my luggage has to be a certain size and a certain weight. I need a power uh, converter for my hotel so that I can charge all my U.S. stuff when I'm in Israel. I need all these essential things for traveling. Well... I don't know if you know this or not, but we need to have some essential things for our journey with the Lord because that's a long trip worth taking, isn't it? And there's some essential things that, that we need. You know the one thing that they didn't mention that I needed to prepare for? They didn't mention anything about my playlist on my iPhone. I mean, what kind of music do I need to listen to? What do I need to, what's essential in my playlist? This morning we want to look at some psalms called the Psalms of Ascent. The Psalms of Ascent were a set of 15 psalms from Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 that was literally a playlist of music for those who were traveling to Jerusalem on pilgrimage. 
This was the songs that they would sing along the road. This would be the songs that they would sing together as they were coming from all over the place to celebrate one of the three main festivals, and they would be singing these songs along the way. I I imagine some travelers from different parts of, of the country and from literally everywhere would be traveling, and they would probably meet up on the road, and then they would start singing together, and they would sing their way all the way to Jerusalem using these psalms. It was their playlist. And it's very important that we look at this this morning as we finish up our study in the book of Psalms because these particular Psalms should encourage us along the journey. Just as they encourage those who are on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, they should encourage us on our journey with God. One of the themes that we see in these Psalms is a persistent Hope that when they got to Jerusalem, when they made it to the temple, they would be in the presence of the Lord. And they sang their way into God's presence. So what are the essentials this morning? That's what I want to speak about for the next few minutes. The essentials of our journey into the presence of the Lord. What are those essentials? The first essential that I want to mention this morning is that we need to acknowledge God's blessings. We need to acknowledge His blessings. If you found your way to Psalms, we'll begin in Psalm 120, and I want to to look at most of these Psalms this morning in one way or the other. But in Psalm 120, there it says, In my distress I called to the Lord, and He answered me. We need to acknowledge God's blessing. And when we start the journey, when they started their journey, they were starting it out of a season of distress. For them, their journey began because they were living in a land among people who hated peace in verse 5 and 6. They were dwelling in a land that was just not peaceful. And they were in distress. So they cry out for deliverance. The world around them was in essence suffocating them and they were dwelling there for too long. Every time they thought about peace, all the people wanted to do was war with one another. So they cry out for deliverance in verse 2, Deliver me, O Lord. They were coming from a land of pagans longing to be in God's presence. In some ways, uh, (laughs) I think we probably feel the same way. Many of us feel the same way about the world in which we live in. They hate peace. Especially in these days with so many things happening, not only in our own nation but around the world, we should be longing for the Lord's deliverance. We should be longing for His blessings in our life. Sometimes we grow weary along the way And then these songs come to us and they encourage us. We grow weary and sometimes we want to give up, yet we keep pressing on because we have hope in a God who delivers. We have hope in a God who chooses to bless us rather than to curse us because of what Jesus has done for us. We have hope and our hope is in Jesus alone. Like the psalmist, we realize that God alone can rescue us and deliver us. 
We need to remember, as Jesus said in John 16, that we all will have suffering in this world, but He encourages there to be courageous because He has conquered the world. We can have hope and we can acknowledge God's blessings because Jesus is our hope. Each of those 15 psalms, these psalms of ascent, each one of them <clears throat> offers hope for us to keep pressing on. I want to just go through each of these very quickly and just show you 15 ways that God blesses us. In Psalm 120, God answers us. In Psalm 121, He is our keeper. In Psalm 122, He is our peace and our security. In Psalm 123, He is merciful. In Psalm 124, He is our help. In Psalm 125, He surrounds us. In 126, He restores our fortunes. In 127, He rewards us. In 128, He literally blesses us. In 129, He cuts the cords of wickedness. In Psalm 130, He redeems us. In Psalm 131, He calms our spirit within us. In Psalm 132, He reminds us that we are His chosen people. In Psalm 133, He reminds us that we should dwell in unity and what a blessing that would be. In Psalm 134, He sends us out with a blessing from the Lord. The one who made the heavens, the one who made the earth and all that is in it, the one who holds everything together by His power blesses us from heaven. Isn't that good news? Isn't that a great thing to know that the God of all creation so cares for us that He would redeem us, that He would be merciful to us, that He would help us, that He would calm us, that He would cut the cords of wickedness from us, that He would restore us and reward us. Surely, this morning, we can acknowledge that God is good. Surely, we can acknowledge that God has blessed us. Surely, we can acknowledge that the Lord has delivered us through His Son. He's delivered us. He has redeemed us. And if you want to find your way into the presence of the Lord, then you have to start here. You have to acknowledge that God has blessed you. Amen. Acknowledge His blessings in your life along this journey. Let that be the first song in the playlist of your life to bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. To cry out to Him, knowing that He will answer you. Not only do we need to acknowledge His blessings, but we also need to adore His greatness. We need to adore His greatness. If you want to find your way into the presence of God, acknowledge His blessings, but we should also have a renewed commitment and confidence in who God is. Here's the one refrain that I've heard many times over the last few months and years. God never changes. No matter what might be going on in the world, no matter what's happening in our homes, in our workplace, God never changes. No matter what our culture might say about the world that we live in and the things that we should accept and not accept, we need to remember that God never changes. And if we want to continue on this journey with Him, then we need to adore His greatness. We need to have this renewed commitment and confidence in the God who never changes. 
One person said we may be faithful to attend church, but our passion should be an anticipation of God manifesting His presence as we worship Him. <coughs> the God who never changes. The God who showed up in the tabernacle. The God whose presence was in the temple. The God whose presence dwelt with His people is the same God who dwells within us. And when we come to worship Him, we should expect to be in His presence as we worship. That's why you hear this in Psalm 122. I was glad. Why are they glad to come to the house of the Lord? Because they know God's presence will be there. They know that they're going to meet in the presence of God. Psalm 130 reminds them the importance of repentance. You see, when we acknowledge God's greatness, we can never forget the greatness of His mercy and grace towards us in Christ. The love that He had for us in sending His Son to die for us. Psalm 130 is a reminder that the Lord will redeem. <clears throat> Verse 7 literally says, For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with Him is plentiful redemption. I like this idea of abundance redemption, abundant redemption, don't you? Because I need abundant redemption. Don't you? The Lord loves us with this steadfast love. And He has this redemption for us. And it is in abundance so we can hope in Him. One person said that coming into God's presence makes us mindful of our unworthiness. Psalm 130 here reminds us in verse 3 that if God would mark our iniquities, that is, if He would hold our iniquities against us, then who could stand before the Lord? Not a single one of us. If God counted our iniquities against us, then we could not stand before Him. There has to be some other way, and that other way is through Jesus, the one who took our sin on the cross for us, who bore the weight of our sin for us there, through whose blood we can find forgiveness and redemption. Aren't you thankful for the cross? that bore the sin that we could not bear. Who took the wrath of God upon Himself so that we could experience the peace of God in our life. Who could stand before God? No one but Jesus. So aren't you thankful that God is a God of faithful, steadfast love? Aren't you thankful that He has abundant redemption? We also need to remember that our redemption is not for our sake. Although we benefit from redemption, that is, we are forgiven, it's not for our sake. Our redemption is ultimately for God's glory. It's for His sake that we have been redeemed. As a witness to others of His greatness. We need to adore the greatness of God. Because of what God has done for us, our hope is secure. Our future isn't a fantasy. Our future is an assured reality because of what Jesus has done for us. Because God is good. Because He is great. Because He is good and because of His greatness, because of who He is, He's able to provide for us all of our needs. So the psalmist goes on in Psalm 31 to remind us of because of God's provision for us, He can calm and quiet our soul. 
not like a fussy baby, but a child who's been weaned and sitting on his mother's lap. That's what Psalm 131 is about. We're peaceful because God is with us, because our hope is in the Lord. We have to acknowledge His blessings. We need to adore His greatness. But third, we need to affirm our hope in Him. We need to affirm our hope in Him. <clears throat> Back in Psalm 123, it says in verse 1, To you I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord our God till He has mercy on us. It's easy sometimes in the journey to lose focus. It's easy for other things to capture our gaze capture our heart. So we have to constantly affirm our hope in Him. We have to constantly turn our eyes to Jesus. We have to turn our eyes to Him. And as the song reminds us, then the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Affirm your hope in what God has done for you in Jesus. Turn your eyes to Jesus and the things that would distract you, the things that would capture your heart and take you away from this journey with God will grow strangely dim. These psalms remind us that we can hope in God. Aren't you thankful that we can place our hope in God? In Lamentations, as the one who is writing there is, is really suffering and, and hurting and he calls this to mind in Lamentations 3. He says, This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. So no matter where we might find ourselves in the journey, if we've lost focus, all we need to do is turn our eyes back to Jesus. To call this to mind, to have hope in the Lord, because His mercies are new every morning. And these Psalms remind, remind us that we can place our hope in Him. In Psalm 124, <clears throat> it reminds us that we can trust God. In a world full of untrustworthy people, who can you really put your trust in? God and God alone. He is trustworthy. In Psalm 124, this refrain repeats itself, it have, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. Isn't that a good phrase? I mean, to start this, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. When the people rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us up. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. The psalmist ends with, Blessed be the Lord who has not given us His prey to their teeth 
We have escaped like a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made the heaven and the earth. We can trust Him. Psalm 125 reminds us of His care and protection. In verse 2 of Psalm 125, it says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, therefore providing protection and security, so the Lord surrounds His people. And the Scripture says here, not only surrounds His people, but He does so from this time forth and forevermore. For all times, God will surround His people to protect us. Isn't that good? Man, that's... When I think about that, that I have a protector, that I have a helper, it makes me want to rejoice. Psalm 126, they express their hope that God will restore them. In verse 3 of chapter 126, it says there that the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. That should be our refrain. Should it not? The Lord has done great things for us. Psalm 128 reminds us that God provides for us and that He provides for those who will walk in His way and fear Him. And those who walk in His way will prosper. This is really the key to our journey with God, that we have to fear Him and walk in His way. We acknowledge His blessings we adore His greatness. We affirm our hope in Him. We have to fear the Lord and walk in His ways. Psalm 128 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in His ways. <clears throat> so let me ask you a question this morning as we acknowledge His blessings, as we adore His greatness, as we affirm our hope in Him, what's on your playlist? What's on your playlist? What songs does your heart sing as you think about God's blessings, when you think about His greatness, when you think about the fact that we can hope in Him? And whatever that might be, then sing your song to God. Not because we are happy, as the song says, right? I sing because I'm happy. No, we don't sing because we're happy. We sing because we are hopeful. We sing because we have hope in a living God. We sing because we have hope in what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We have placed our hope in the hope of the world, Jesus. And let me just say that that hope never disappoints. As the Scripture says, it never puts us to shame. So do you know Him today? Do you know His blessings? Do you know His greatness? Do you, have you placed your faith and your hope in what Jesus has done for you? Unlike the Israelites, we don't need to make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to enter God's presence. God's presence comes from our hearts. He dwells in us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 reminds us that we are His sanctuary and that the Spirit of God dwells in us. 
So as we journey through life, we're not journeying to get to God's presence, we're journeying in God's presence. He is within us. We journey in the presence of God. So make sure you got your essentials for the journey. Make sure that you've got everything in order. Make sure that you acknowledge His blessings. Make sure that you adore His greatness. Make sure that you affirm your hope in the Lord. Make sure you have those essentials. Because our hope, our hope is in Jesus. So let's keep pressing on.